turnaround was a lot quicker last time. Yes, sir. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by LoneStarButtons.com. Rise up from the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> With your chainsaw for a hand. Get something going. In the wasteland. Get something going. Uh, you it's have time the to time. rebuild. You have the time. Uh, like, a, like a phoenix. Yeah. Uh, to promote whatever you got going or going to have going, uh, buttons are a great way to do it. Um, Lone Star Buttons creates buttons, custom buttons, custom bottle openers, custom mirrors, and custom magnets. Uh, to get in touch with Lone Star, email lo- info at LoneStarButtons.com, or you can call the owner, Adam Stimpy Jones, at 281-798-1996. And I can hear my tongue. It's like an M, what is it, MS? ASMR. ASMR <laughs> ad. Uh, he's going to enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, use the coupon code I want to suck on your hairy tits. That's the thing. No, that was like a Pavlov Zog <laughs> response. You know, like your your mouth is already salivating, just preparing to suck on those hairy tits. It was a lack of saliva. Ah, okay. Uh, so yeah, they're a great way to promote uh, your business, um, an event happening, or maybe a band that you need to promote. Yeah, desperately. Uh, or if you just like want to show people who's boss, you can just go around sticking them on random strangers. No shit. Print your name on it. Dominate. Yeah. It's the wasteland, man. Put your name with a, a dagger underneath. <laughs> um, we're also brought to you by Jessica Dieter, agent of insurance. Uh, do you need to save some money on home? Do, first off, do you live in Texas? Sorry, everywhere else. We can't help you. If you live in Texas and you want to save some money on your home, auto, flood, etc. insurance, Jessica Dieter can do it for you. Uh, give her a call at 281-607-5263. Rise from the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> With peace of mind. Yes. Uh, we're also brought to you by Destro's Treasure. Uh, we carry gifts. Uh, what, what kind of art would you say it was? Cartoon outsider art or... Uh, mm. Mm, it's just fun stuff. It's just fun, ugly, pretty stuff. Uh, we also carry jewelry and art zines. So go to www.etsy.com slash shop slash Destro's Treasure. That's D-E-S-T-R-O-S Treasure. Um, that's it for the ads. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Come to you pre-recorded live from Atomic Age Studio A in beautiful Pasadena, Texas. It's the re- Fuck. It's the Revenge of the World podcast with me, Gabe Google Me Dieter and Bitchin' Brennan Burr. Shit, we gotta do it all over now. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to episode 162 of Revenge of the World podcast. As I'm introduced myself before, I'm Gabe. I'm Gabe. Google me. I'm Gabe. Google me, Dieter. And with me, as always, bitchin' Brendan Birch. Hey, everybody. What's up, dude? I'm I'm glad you're safe and sound in the studio today. Yeah. Yeah. Not freaking driving around with melted tires (laughs) through soot and smoke. Yeah, me too, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I guess given the two scenarios, you know, I'll, I'll take the studio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Glad you're not uh, fucking coughing out uh, chemical embers. Yeah. 
and uh, you're good. Yeah, there, there, there was literally a fire at my work, you know, 15 minutes ago. So at, right as I was leaving, I heard it kind of coming off on the radio. They're like, oh, yeah, we're investigating a fire situation, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bye. Beep. Clock out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, curious as to what's going to happen on the news tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure as I leave this you know, leave here after we finish the show, I'll be driving back on the freeway and I'll drive right by, you know, my entire workplace just being engulfed in flames. Yeah. So. I think you'll uh you'll be home free after that. Oh no, I'll be back at work tomorrow. Oh man. <laughs> With a shovel and a dust mask. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's gonna someone's gotta look after the computers. <laughs> yeah. Well, other than that exciting tidbit, uh you got anything else that's been going on? Oh, um, you know, just I don't know. Like my girlfriend's out of town right now. She, Uh-oh. she, uh, her grandmother, you know, she, she has a condo on the west side of Houston and, you know, a couple weeks ago it was raining really bad when I think there's a really heavy rainstorm that came through and in their condo, they have a skylight and that skylight blew off in the middle of the storm around midnight. Oh shit. So house, you know, the weather from outside came inside uh-huh. and just trashed the top floor of their house. Right. Oh man. So, uh, you know. They had to have a contractor come in and, you know, insurance to cover everything. Everybody's okay. Everybody's safe. But, you know, her grandmother's, you know, older. She's in her late 80s. And uh, she obviously needed to stay somewhere, but didn't want to stay somewhere, you know, super populated with people, given, you know, the deadly virus that kills old people. Yeah. So uh, they decided to uh, get their insurance to pay for, like, a cabin, kind of like, you know, they essentially managed to get their insurance company to pay for a vacation for them. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of sweet and, you know. So she decided to go with them for a couple of days and, you know, hang out. That's cool. Yeah. So I've been by myself and um, I'm finding I don't do good by myself, man. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like uh, she was gone maybe three hours and I had already injured myself <laughs> skating a rail in my house. Oh, man. And to alleviate the pain from that injury, which was a spinal injury, I shotgunned a beer using a BB gun. Nice. Yeah, so, yeah, single life, I'm not good on my own, man. I'm just like, you know. Well, it's hard to shift gears, man. <laughs> but me by myself, like, after living with somebody for this long, is kind of like that, you know, three or four minutes where Kevin McAllister first realizes that his family disappeared in Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where he gets in the most trouble. He's just, like, running around and screaming and eating ice cream and shooting BB guns in the house. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, I don't know. I shoot BB guns in my house all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I've been finding them around the house lately. Oh God, it's uh, it's becoming a problem. Yeah, you're an indoor BB gun enthusiast. Yeah, I'm a indoor hunter. Oh, <laughs> exterminator. Nice. Um, so yeah, yeah, like I, but yeah, like I was, when I was skating. I was like, I thought it was gonna be really funny, and I was just gonna like film a trick and just like send it to her on Instagram. But like I, I tried it a couple of times and like I almost got it, and then I'm really i was like okay i just need to go faster this time oh my <laughs> and i God. went faster and did a kickflip into a board's light and slipped out backwards and the corner of the rail the little flat bar that i have just hit me directly on the spine in the middle of my back oh. like like i i i arched i made a, a rooftop yeah <laughs> damn and for about three seconds i thought i was gonna have to call an ambulance because oh, shit <laughs> You had that extreme pain that you weren't expecting. Yeah, it was like one of those situations where like everything goes white and you can't really make a sound yet. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that that hurt like really bad. And then eventually, I was able to roll over on my stomach and scream. That's how I knew I was okay. 
and Damn, dude. I, have, I have like this bruise it's like the size of like say like a half sharpened pencil directly across my spine now god dang <laughs> yeah it was pretty bad are we gonna have to get you a turtle shell like <laughs> <laughs> a nerf yeah a nerf shell I, I need all the corners in my house to be padded because i'm i'm pretty dumb dude man I, I don't do well on my own but yeah so do you know the hypocrisy of you being a parent oh. because you never would have let Nate do that. <laughs> of course in the house. not. Of course not. That's because <laughs> it's a stupid thing to do and it's my job to keep him from doing stupid things. Right. However, that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm a grown man. I pay the rent. I can make whatever decisions <laughs> I want. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah like, uh, that was pretty rough. And then, you know, the next day I went and skated, uh, with a friend of mine, Ruben, and, you know, we did the social distance skateboarding thing where mm-hmm. you say hi to every say hi to each other and then you kind of like skate a few feet apart and stay away from each other. Dang. <laughs> but uh, the skate park uh, Southside reopened and we went there just to see kind of how it was going to be. And I don't know, they seem like they're, you know, they're doing a good job of like keeping everything clean and keeping people apart. And, you know, so, I mean, I think that's probably going to be an option for it's going to have to be an option for now because the public skate parks are closed. What about the kids puking Mountain Dew <laughs> off to the side? <laughs> Oh, the, the Mountain Dew kids don't really come to the skate park anymore. Oh, okay. Now it's like all like people that are like really, really good or people that are really, really old. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Wow. I mean. I thought you were going to say they switched to robot dicks. <laughs> what? <laughs> vape pins. Ah, right, right. <laughs> okay. I guess I was wrong. Yeah. I, uh. <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, Southside, they're doing a good job of that. You know, they're. They're being really responsible and cool about it. So, you know, shout out to those guys. It seems like they're running a business properly in, in this situation. Um, yeah, we went over to Strawberry Park and skated for a little while. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because for some reason, he wanted to go. I don't know how he knew about it. Like, he's from Tucson. So, like, huh. but he's like, yeah, I want to go check out this place in Pasadena. I was like, Strawberry? <laughs> That's kind of like. Dude, what... it's so weird. Yeah. Like, uh, when I was in school, a uh, friend of ours, Angel, knew, yeah. knew about well, strawberry park it was in some videos in the 90s oh really so like it, it was in a couple of 411s and like you know like where they would do things about you know lo- like local scenes or whatever and you know houston during that time had a lot of people kind of coming out so there was footage of strawberry park that people kind of knew about so i guess that's where they found out about it i don't know wow but i mean it's been like so long ago i was surprised that anyone even thought about it that didn't grow up here you know huh. but yeah so we went and skated strawberry for a little while and I don't know. <laughs> you're like eh it's uh, all right. Uh, well, it was fine. You know, I mean, I don't know. It hasn't changed a bit. It's it's not as like it was wet too. Like it's oh, kind of okay. kind of lame. It wasn't waxed anymore, so whatever. But I don't know. We went skating, had fun, and then yeah, yesterday I just kind of stayed inside and drew. And That's cool. Went and checked on the DIY spot. It's looking pretty good, dude. We're we're getting ready to you know do some more stuff out there. So nice. I've I've found some rebar. That's I found a little hookup that's going to give us some stuff. So gonna be sweet uh your indoor skating reminded me of i mean the stupidity of it <laughs> reminded me of uh what i was doing last night and that was uh choosing too many hot dogs to eat <laughs> and, and knowing knowing that i had a job interview today and not being able to sleep till like 3 30 in the morning 
and just regretting every oh, decision man. I made yesterday. Dude, you got to lay off those processed meats. <laughs> no shit. The nitrates, man. <laughs> no shit. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Yeah? I, I literally had chest pain for about three hours last night. God, dude, no. And Jess was asleep. And I didn't want to wake her up. So I, so I was going to try to die quietly. <laughs> exactly. I was like, well, if I go, I go. At least at least we worked out uh, my will. Uh, but really, and, and, and the song came to mind. Oh, my God. Uh, hot dogs and heart attacks, hillbilly <laughs> music. No. And I was like, fuck. That's going to be the last thought in your head before the lights go out. <laughs> uh, a Dwight Yoakam parody. Yeah. Uh, he died as he lived. <laughs> uh, but all of a sudden, I, I I just started expelling gas like crazy. Yeah. So it was, just, it was just burps. Sometimes you just got to fart it out, dude. Sometimes heart attacks come disguised as gas. And sometimes gas comes disguised as heart attacks. That's what I learned. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, uh, bad choices, uh, I don't know why, but as a kid, I liked some really terrible movies that had terrible, uh, comedy in them, you know, like, uh, like this movie Tracks, starring a, a radio personality named Shadow Stevens. Hmm. Have you ever heard of that? I don't think I'm familiar with that one. It was like, uh, it's just an action movie parody. Okay. Like, Hot Shots Part Do or something like that. Really? But it was like... On the B movie side of that, like very little funding. It, I don't, I haven't seen it in years, but it might still hold up. But it mistakenly, I, I didn't choose that movie. <laughs> Instead, I chose Brain Smasher, a love story starring Andrew Dice Clay. Ah. <laughs> and why did I do this? Because I follow Andrew Dice Clay on Instagram <laughs> and he, he posted a clip from uh, Ford Fairlane. Uh huh. And, you know, as a kid, I I thought Brain Smasher was a great movie. I might have been like <laughs> eight or ten. Yeah. I don't know. I remember it used to come on Cinemax a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. I watched it. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> the The main line of comedy was, we're not ninjas. And, like, it was about these masked kung fu, uh, like, Shaolin monks. Yeah, chasing after uh, a some kind of flower that would give him supernatural powers or something like that. Huh. And the the main line was, "We're not ninjas. Ninjas come from, J- from Japan." <laughs> and like, it was through the whole freaking movie. It was ridiculous. Uh, I don't know who wrote it. I don't want to know who wrote it. Yeah. Other than maybe to steer clear of his other movies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean. It did grow on me a little bit towards the end because it got a little better, but God, yeah, what a freaking chore that was to get through that movie. Luckily, Jess took a nap, <laughs> so she wasn't tortured as well. Well, good for her. It's good decision making on her part. That's why she's in the insurance business. Yep. Oh, uh, what else we got? That's about it. Shout outs to Kevin Wilson, our top listener on SoundCloud. <laughs> uh, that's all we got for that. Top listener. What? 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 How, how how's that decided? Uh, just like he has the most listens. Yeah, oh. three, he listened to three podcasts in oh, the yeah. last week. Oh man, good for him. Yeah, <laughs> we Thanks. appreciate. it. Thanks, Kevin Wilson. Uh, you ready for some news? Sure. All right. 
this one yeah you brought this up yeah i brought this up last week yeah so so friend of the show jeff bezos (laughs) hey if he was a friend of the show we wouldn't we would have way better setup if he was a friend of the show it wouldn't be for very long if he heard all the stuff i was saying about him last week oh that's true uh jeff bezos is on track to become a trillionaire by 2026 despite an economy killing pandemic and losing 38 billion in his recent divorce this Lex Luthor. Do we know how much a trillion dollars is? You know, like a hundred billion is a tenth of a trillion. Yeah. So a thousand billion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he lost thirty-eight billion. That's nothing. Yeah, that's that's a drop in the bucket. Thirty-eight billion's a parking ticket. So if Jeff, Jeff Bezos' personal fortune keeps growing at its current rate, he could become the first trillionaire by 2026 at the age of 62, according to an analysis from the software review site Comparison. Uh, Bezos' wealth has been increasing at an average yearly rate of 34% over the past five years, according to Comparison. And that's despite him turning over Amazon shares worth an estimated $38 billion to his ex-wife, Mackenzie Bezos, as part of their recent divorce settlement. Uh, let's see. Comparison looked at the 25 richest people and found that only 11 had a realistic shot at becoming trillionaires during their lifetimes. Uh, Bezos will likely get there first, but Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg could be the youngest with his current growth rate on pace to put him in the four comma club by 2036 when he will be 51. Wow. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of Chinese guys in, in between and Mark Zuckerberg and then Michael Dell. That's kind of interesting that Michael Dell's still in the running. <laughs> Why? Who's that? The guy that owns Dell Computers. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even think Dell Computers was a thing anymore. Huh. I do remember there was a like a special ed teacher in my high school that got rich investing in Dell Computers, though. Really? Yeah. Like, he put all of his money into Dell. This is a Dell. Is it really? Uh-huh. Huh. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's a good computer, too. <laughs> uh yeah, like in the late nineties, he like he he was like real nerdy about the stock market. He was like Dell computers, Urgh. and my uh, economics teacher used to kind of make fun of him. And then he got he like made like a million dollars or something like that. And then my economics teacher invested in him as well and made a lot of money. <laughs> did they retire from teaching? Uh, I think the special ed guy did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like pretty quick. But uh, yeah. So Jeff Bezos, what are we gonna do about that? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. He's going to rule the world. Yeah, he'll obviously he'll just buy a country. Yeah. I mean, if it comes down to it or build a space station or something. God. Sound investment. (laughs) I don't know. It's really, really scary. (laughs) I don't really have too much negative to say about Bezos. Uh but I'm destroying the economy. (laughs) (laughs) Walmart kinda already did that. Yeah. Amazon kinda actually Amazon's probably taken a lot of business away from Walmart. Yeah. Small business just wasn't meant to hang in there forever, I don't think. Yeah. Well, not whenever you, you know, you built a PCP, you know, infused capitalism layer and just, you know, built robots to not eat, to do all the jobs that people do. And, you know, like, well, they're not there yet. Robots kind of pull stuff, but people still have to package it and sort it out. Yeah. For now. For now. For now. What else we got? Uh, let's see. Uh, New York Governor Cuomo reportedly ordered over 4,300 recovering COVID-19 patients to be sent to nursing homes. 
Yeah. Uh, oh. Did you have you read about this at all or no. seen anything? So you know there were patients in uh, in hospitals recovering. Mm-hmm. They sent them to nursing homes, and that's where you know nursing homes are. That's where hotbeds for COVID. <laughs> right. And they all died. <laughs> wow. Okay. So let's see. Uh, yeah. Facing mountain scrutiny, mounting scrutiny over his decision to send recovering coronavirus pa- patients to nursing homes across the Empire State. A new report has a number attached to the to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's controversial executive order. At least 4,300. That tally comes from the Associated Press, not the state. Uh, Cuomo's executive order from March 25th was intended to ease the burden on hospitals dealing with the most critical COVID-19 patients. But by sending elderly New Yorkers recovering from COVID-19 to nursing homes, the virus spread amongst the most vulnerable and has since resulted in 5,800 deaths at New York nursing homes and adult care facilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York State Department of Health did not offer its own count to the AP, and they said they could not verify the tally, citing the state's process of still validating our own comprehensive survey of nursing home admission and readmission data. Uh, so, uh, yeah, apparently on May 10th, he, you know, finally realized he was an idiot. Uh, said he was following the CDC guidelines, which, I don't know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's been he's been uh, diverting blame yeah. to other agencies. Well, like, Supposedly, he shut down a lot of hospitals, like, in his tenure as the governor or whatever. Oh, really? So, like, they would have had the infrastructure to handle, like, way more of these cases had he not shut all these hospitals down. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> it just cracks me up that people are, like, acting like this dude is, like, some kind of good guy. I, I don't understand it. Well, I think... I mean, he says mean things about Trump on TV, which, you know, great. I'm all for that. What <laughs> what New York portrays itself to be is the most advanced city in America. Yeah. And possibly the world, which if you looked, if you really looked into it, that's not true at all. No. But, uh, you know, they have to keep up, keep up that appearance of, you know, mm-hmm. always doing the right thing and, and knowing what to do. Because once, once you're mayor of New York, that's a... It's basically a, a small state yeah. inside of a state, so they got to make everything look legit, whether it is or not. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, excuse me. Sorry, I burped and lost my train of thought. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, he's a shitbag. Yeah, just like every other just like every other politician. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he he should have. Uh, he should have not sent those sick people like in with the old people. <laughs> they well, could catch yeah. the disease. <laughs> Seems pretty cut and dry but there there have been leaders in america that have admitted to mistakes by saying it seemed like the right thing to do at the time yeah and that's all he has to say i mean it yeah well i mean given that there was no national guidelines at all that were you know enforced or to be followed i mean the cdc was like you know politely suggesting things but you know what are they working off of yeah (laughs) the world health organization well i mean they don't they don't have any power anyway so yeah. no one's backing them at all so. right i think they're they're gonna be the fall guy for a lot of this stuff too oh for yeah. sure yeah whenever the whenever it comes time for you know the election to roll around he's gonna try and throw him under the bus i think a lot of people are yeah um yeah that's what happens when you defund the cdc <laughs> anyway oh yeah this was a this was a doozy this guy kind of rules. We we do a lot of stories about people hijacking vehicles to <laughs> to try and like d- disrupt COVID nineteen treatment. I, I think this could be a, a a future murder and mayhem. I think so. 
Uh, Michigan man plans to steal helicopter for hospital attacks to free COVID-19 patients, police say. Jesse McFadden taken into custody. Oh, God. The yeah. t- <laughs> I titled this mouth breather. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say his mouth, like he, if he kept his mouth open any longer, his teeth would dry out, but he has no teeth. Uh, I think he's going to be a hit in prison, <laughs> judging by that mugshot. Oof. Uh, a Michigan man devised a plan to steal a helicopter from the Coast Guard in order to attack a police station and shoot up a hospital to z- disrupt the power and free coronavirus patients, authorities said. He's going to shoot up a hospital to disrupt power? Yeah. That's the chink in your plan <laughs> in the very beginning. Like, Well, I think he was trying to disrupt the actual power in the hospital so he could free the patients. Which there are easier ways to do that than stealing a a helicopter off a military installation. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jesse Theodore McFadden, 70, is accused of calling the Aranac uh, County dispatchers around 8 a.m. Uh, on Sunday uh, to say he was on his way to the United States Coast Guard Station in Bay City, Michigan to steal a helicopter. He called the police on himself? Yes, he did. Uh, Hence, mouth breather. McFadden told dispatchers the helicopter would uh, further his plan to attack a police station <laughs> and shoot up a hospital. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to disrupt the power to the hospital, unlock the doors, and release patients under COVID-19 quarantine, officials said. McFadden told authorities he was armed with a machine gun. Uh, dispatchers said they uh, they called the police and the Coast Guard Station, uh, Coast Guard Station Saginaw River, about the threat. Uh, they also revealed McFadden's criminal history of brandishing weapons and resisting the police. Um Coast Guard workers at the Saginaw Station uh, in Essexville said Fadden arrived around 10.30 a.m. in a blackboard open bed pickup truck registered to another person. Wow. Uh, he tried to get to the station using the gate keypad, officials said. After he failed to get in several times, he called the station communications center and demanded access, according to authorities. Wow. <laughs> this, man lived, this man lived among lead paint his whole life. His request was denied, so McFadden threatened to ram the gate uh, with his truck. Uh, court records show he left at 10 39 a.m before Essexville police officers arrived uh michigan state police troopers found uh, a pickup truck uh, around 11 15 a.m at a gas station in essexville according to court documents the truck was running but unoccupied and the driver's door was open <laughs> when mcfadden walked out of the gas station uh state troopers spoke to him while a hampton township officer searched, searched the pickup a hampton township officer found a mossberg model 500a 12 gauge shotgun and on a passenger seat it was loaded with five shells court record show wow. <laughs> the audacity of this man <laughs> what was he buying inside the store i don't think he was buying anything i think he kind of knew the jig was up slim jims and freaking i don't know i don't know probably a gogurt man he doesn't have many teeth <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> unless uh, he just sucked the slim jims down through that hole in his mouth <laughs> so long ways ooh. <laughs> McFadden saw the officer had seized the shotgun and tried to hit one of the MSP troopers. He also disobeyed verbal commands and resisted attempts to place him under arrest, troopers said. Uh, Officers said that they used a taser on McFadden to arrest him. He was taken into custody by Hampton Township Police. Um, He was charged with fourth-degree fleeing. I didn't even know there was a fourth-degree and fourth-degree fleeting and eluding. Oh, this is an old charge. Uh, They confirmed the shotgun was manufactured outside Michigan. Um... The criminal complaint concludes McFadden knowing he had been convicted of a felony punishable by prison sentence longer than of one, longer than one year possessed a firearm in violation of the law. Officials are seeking 
uh, are seeking a charge of felon in possession of a firearm. That's all they're going to get him for? That's it. Like, that's insane. <laughs> like, I mean, he tried to get onto a military installation and steal a helicopter. That uh, Maybe he'll be charged by the feds later? That's That, that just blows my mind. I mean... It is what... It is. <laughs> This guy's a hell of a criminal. That's all I gotta say. He he had five plans in one and failed all of them. Uh, you know, part of me wants to believe this is an MK Ultra thing, but <laughs> dude, you know, <laughs> this is so fucked up. But if he were to turn left, yeah, and the back of his head was like shaped like a moon. <laughs> <laughs> like his brain had been scooped out it would make complete sense yeah it would even the look on his face <laughs> just looks like a deflated basketball jesse mcfadden look him up oh guys. man what are you gonna do okay some fun stuff going on in india and china do this one first oh sorry oh the new coronavirus cases yeah yeah all right here we go millions on lockdown again in china after new outbreak of coronavirus cases Authorities believe the outbreak may have begun among a group of family and friends who gathered for dining and drinking outside social distancing. What does that remind you of, Brennan? Uh, this past weekend. With everybody oh my God. doing exactly what they shouldn't do. All those dipshits. Just, God. And this isn't in Wuhan, if no. you noticed. Uh, this it's is in, uh, in Jilin. Yeah. Uh, Jilin, China is continuing to combat a corona coronavirus cluster in its northeastern province uh, with four out of five new cases reported in the region north of Beijing. Um, authorities believe the outbreak may have begun. Yep, we already read that. No deaths were reported on Wednesday. Uh, just 87 people are still under treatment, while 375 others are under isolation and monitoring, monitoring for being suspected cases. Or for having tested positive without showing symptoms. Um, China has recorded a total of 4,634 deaths from the virus among 82,965 cases. That is complete bullshit. That is bullshit, bullshit, by the way. That is complete bullshit. bullshit. (laughs) But, you know, how how far ahead of China in the first cases was it from the U.S.? Like, I want to say a month? Mm, Yeah, I think so. I mean, the first cases were, what, Seattle, right? I don't remember. I, I feel like the first cases were in Seattle. I mean, I could be wrong about that. And that, but was, like, that was, like, late February, early March. The be- the beaches this past weekend oh, God. were stuffed full of people. Like, way more than normal. Like And, like, people, like, did you see, like, the videos, like, the pool party stuff? And, like, people are just, they're bored, so they think it's over. <laughs> like, it's, that's all it took. It's so fucked up, man. I mean, I, I know the need... For the economy to get going again, because it's going to lead to crime and all kinds of shit. But, I mean, you should still be taking precautions. Like, people still shouldn't be stupid. I went into my interview today with a mask on. Yeah. And, you know, I took it off, but they... Those people sat at the end of a very long table. Right. And we didn't shake hands, nothing, you know? Yeah. You still have to be a, a responsible person. Right. I mean, you can't just go around fucking spreading germs everywhere like johnny apple seed or some shit <laughs> johnny germy seed yeah uh i don't know. i just i, I can't ra- i can't wrap my head around 
people that are just not wearing masks anyway, like as a, as like an act of like defiance, like like your 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 rugged individual, you know, can do attitude is gonna beat it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then those are the same people that are getting sick. It's like all the people, all the people that are going to church. Like, yeah. Well, to be fair, I think a lot of people going to church are wearing masks and they're sitting apart from each other. I mean, I mean, do you know? Well, do you know that's not true? Because I, I don't. I don't know. Like, I, I went to, uh, like, my dad's uh, birthday was this past weekend, and we had like a, a small like barbecue. Everybody was sitting apart. It was very socially distant and you know smart. And whenever we were driving through, there's like two churches like on the kind of main road, and it was just packed to the gills. Like parking mm-hmm. lot fuller than I've ever seen the, those church parking lots. Yeah. Like whether or not they're wearing masks, I don't know, but they're still sitting shoulder to shoulder, man. Are they? Like, yeah. I mean, with that many people in a building that size, there's no way they're not. You know, some masks are being held through Bluetooth. Like they have a Bluetooth uh, broadcaster, and you can pick it up on a certain station on your car, <clears throat> and they're just having masks that way. Yeah. Not that I guess that's not Bluetooth. That's just a yeah, just like it's like, like radio. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know that's not a bad idea. You know, if you want to have like a service and you know, have everybody be in one place, you know, do it in cars. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. a really that's a reasonable idea. But there's uh there's comedy shows going on at drive-in theaters. Yeah. I thought that was pretty a pretty decent idea. Well, I saw uh you know here in town the secret group they're opening up this weekend for shows. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to do it. I mean, it's a big room. It's possible if they're small shows, but you know, dude, we were just talking about Amazon and small business. Small businesses are getting murdered. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And I I completely identify with people wanting to open mm-hmm. like fucking salon owners and you know people doing nails and and any kind of service like that yeah i mean they just they're gonna fucking go out of business or starve to death i mean you know yeah being a little extra on that but i mean i'm sure it's not that far away you know i mean i understand that but at the same time you know people are dying (laughs) yeah what do you what do you do well no i'm not saying that that they should open i'm just saying yeah i mean it's tricky man it's it's easy to empathize i mean yeah of course of course you know people have to make a living you know and if you've invested all your money and your life into building this thing you know you, you, you want to keep it afloat but i don't know it's, it's just a, it's a really messed up spot and you know the the response has been so poor from our leaders on high that we're in this situation now you know <laughs> like if they, there's there's so many contradictions on every level yeah. like on every little level of leadership and every level of medical leadership yeah i mean well, it, it's a fucking mess we used to have, and I don't know why we're talking about this again. And people are sitting here like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, we guys, did it. It no sucks." Shit. <clears throat> but anyway, China's fucking up too, so yeah, don't feel too bad about yourself. <laughs> they too are fucking up and lying about it. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of China, we'll just go right into this. Okay. So, uh, new Indian roads and airstrips uh, are sparking a border standoff with China. Uh, a Himalayan border standoff between Old Foes, India, and China was triggered by India's construction of roads and airstrips in the region as, as it competes with China's spreading belt and road initiative, Indian observers said on Tuesday. Um, soldiers from both sides have been camped out uh, in the Galwan Valley in the high-altitude uh, Ladakh region, accusing each other of trespassing over the disputed border. Uh, the, tri- the trigger... Oh, yeah, I guess they, they had a war in uh, 1962 about this border, and... Now they're about to go to war about it again. Uh, 
About 880 to 100 attempts have sprung up on the Chinese side and about 60 on the Indian side where soldiers are billeted. Indian officials briefed uh, on the matter in New Delhi and Ladakh's uh, capital, Leh, said. Uh, both are digging fences and Chinese trucks have been moving equipment into the area, the officials said, raising concerns of a long face-off. So, who's calling me? So, I wonder if there's a third party uh, making these two factions go at each other to reduce the population of the world. <laughs> this is a long shot I don't know. Uh, I don't, idea, but... Uh, I don't know. It seems like a, a border road. There's got to be more to it than that, right? I mean... <clears throat> Who gives a shit about building a road in the Himalayas? Really? If you're talking about missile trucks and shit like that, that's I, one thing. But uh, we're talking about tents. <laughs> yeah. Tents I mean, and... Uh, 80 tents is not a war. Yeah. No. I don't know. Especially like with two populations that size. and I don't know. It's more of a skirmish. Yeah. It's, a, it's an afternoon game of Battleship. Yep. I'm not worried about it. No. Nah. Next story! Alright, here we go. <laughs> Is that like Soylent Green? Trump advisor calls American workers human capital stock and triggers cannibalism-themed meme storm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, we're kind of at pick your dystopia at this point. I mean, I guess we're, we're about ready for the Soylent Green part, right? <laughs> Dude, yes. we. I mean, I am. I don't know about you, but uh, uh, every week it seems like there's more fear inside me of a food shortage. Yeah. Fucking Jack in the Box for two days was out of ham. That's a major fucking chain. That's a major chain. Are you sure it wasn't just the location you went to? Yes. Multiple locations. Hmm. And I, you know, I can't say for sure because I didn't do any research, but it seemed like a regional shortage. Hmm. Um, and, you know, we covered before, you know, Tyson and the... Uh, the what pork factories yeah or at least one of them you know yeah had to keep going per trump's order mm. uh <laughs> even though all the employees had covid yeah more more wisdom from the great leader <laughs> yeah so yeah this is really weird yeah so uh a white house advisor has triggered a wave of memes and mockery after referring to the u.s labor force as human capital stop stock drawing countless comparisons to the dystopian sci-fi flick soylent green um uh, in calling to reopen the U.S. economy and amid the ongoing COVID-19 crisis in an interview with CNN on Monday, White House economic advisor uh, Kevin Hassett noted that the country's quote-unquote capital stock was still intact, adding that our human capital stock is ready to get back to work. Though the comment was meant to express a simple idea, Hassett's uh, jargonistic wording con uh, conjured up a conjured up much darker imagery for many netizens who immediately saw parallels to Soylent Green, the 1973 thriller in which human beings are being ground up into food to nourish an overpopulated planet. So yeah, this guy. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think I don't like that comparison because, okay, I get it. I get it. Soylent <laughs> Green is people. They actually made food to feed themselves yeah. in the movie. But to me, this means People are cogs of the machine. Yeah, I mean that's, that's that really yeah make, that powers the economy. Human capital stock is just labor. You know? Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. Yeah, pe people don't think of themselves as that in you know, especially just just as a person that like say say I'm an electrician. I you know I, I work on electronics. I, I fix electrical lines. You know, I don't think of myself as being 
a part of a greater piece of the economy. I would think of myself as being a person with a trade that does a job. Mm -hmm. And I think that people just are kind of coming to realize, you know, how they are perceived (laughs) in the economy and what they, what their participation in capitalism actually means. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm reminded of the fifth element (laughs) when they're advising, uh, uh, what's his name? Fuck. I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman was a like tycoon of the future where mm. he basically controlled a vast section of the economy. Jeff Bezos with better hair. Yeah, way better hair. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he was advised that a, a section of the economy needed to be laid off mm. for such and such to happen. He said lay off, like, I think double that amount. Yeah. And it meant nothing to him mm-hmm. because it was just jobs and like it was just numbers. It's numbers on a piece of paper. It was not yeah. people. It was, they were human capital. Yep. <laughs> and that's a parody of what happens in the real world. But <laughs> is it so much a parody as just a thing that's happening now? Well, parody when, has a joke behind it. <laughs> well, <laughs> this just happens. <laughs> the joke was he was a silly character, but uh, yeah, I mean it. it it's pretty much reality yeah i mean i don't know maybe maybe it's good that people are seeing this now you know i i've actually been thinking about the amount of people that are awakening to the reality of things yeah and i don't think that after all this after all this i think the word conspiracy is going to be a little more understood in the you know daily lives of people i don't think it's going to be a dirty word like the media has been right using it as for the past two years Mm -hmm. i think people are just going to be catching on because you know they're not they're not going to be easily manipulated anymore i mean a lot of them some of them i would hope so more of them i I would hope that more and more are you know kind of catching up to things i mean from what i've seen online i don't know but you know but i think that stuff is fed i think that's I think that's more blown up than what it really is. Yeah. Because I really do think that online companies want to exploit the narrative, the official narrative. Oh, for sure. And I don't think that's going to hold up for very long unless we get chipped, (laughs) which we're going to get to that (laughs) in a few minutes. Okay. Next story. Uh, Ukrainian lawmaker releases leaked phone calls of Biden and Poroshenko. Okay, so when did I send you the video of this? Remember? And you were like, I'm tired of politics or something like that. I don't remember what you said, and I'm sorry if that was... That that doesn't sound like me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Uh, But I cannot find this, like, on mainstream media. Well, this is on the Washington Post. It's right here. No, I know, but I'm I'm talking, like, on the internet, like, uh, YouTube or instagram or whatever even though i sent you an instagram clip yeah i haven't been seeing it posted everywhere like it's a fucking it's a bomb i mean i think under any other circumstances it would be a bomb this is like october surprise i I don't know that it is in the world anymore well i think he overshadowed himself with uh what do you say if you can't choose between me or donald trump then you ain't black yeah (laughs) i think that kind of overshadowed this but Mm. i mean this audio is basically catching him red-handed. Yeah. For, I mean, this is why, you know, Trump called him uh, quid pro Joe. Yeah. Because this is basically him abusing his, his power. Is there is the audio clip in there? Um, 
I don't think so, and I don't know that this computer is hooked up to do that anyway. Oh, shit. You're but right. um, let's see. A Ukrainian lawmaker who met with uh, Rudolph Giuliani late last year released recordings of private phone calls uh, several years ago between Vice President Joe Biden and Petro Poroshenko, then Ukraine's president, in a new broadside against the presumptive Democratic nominee for U.S. president that has raised questions about foreign interference in the 2020 election. That I don't get. Um, Andrew uh, Derok, or Derok, I, I don't know how to say this. An independent member of uh, Ukraine's parliament, who previously aligned with a pro-Russian faction, said uh, said in a news conference uh, in Kiev on Tuesday that he received tapes which consisted of ed- edited fragments of phone co- phone conversations between Biden and Poroshenko had while still in, off- in office from investigative journalists. Uh, he alleged they were made by Poroshenko. Basically, this is all this stuff uh, about how Joe Biden was like threatening to. Uh, uh, yeah, they were trying to get rid of some prosecutor general in Ukraine, and you yeah, know, he was to get him off his son's case. Yeah, to get him off the son's case about the the getting him that job on. Whatever. Should I try to re- play this audio real quick? Yeah, if you want to, go ahead. Crispity, crunchity, peanut buttery. Let me just mute that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's just music. Sounds just like a new government and a a new prosecutor general. Uh, I am prepared to do a public signing of the commitment for the billion dollars. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charge, don't have any information about the doing something wrong. I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday. I especially asked him to resign. Congratulations on installing the new prosecutor general. It's going to be critical uh, for him to work quickly to repair the damage Shokin did. And I'm a man of my word. I um, And that now that the new prosecutor general is in place, we're ready to move forward in signing that new. One billion dollar loan guarantee. I mean, that's basically it. Yeah, smoking gun, dude. <clears throat> I, I at this point, I I don't even know if that matters anymore. <laughs> yeah, but the the main thing is Biden was denying that there was even a connection. Which everybody surely <laughs> knew that there was and didn't want to admit it. But this is basically, I mean, this, not basically, this is literally him saying, yeah. since you replaced the prosecutor, the guy that was, since you replaced the guy going after my son, yeah, I will sign a, that check of a billion dollars to you. Yeah. I mean, I don't see how he can recover into a debate. I mean, he's going to get creamed. I, I don't know. I'm not pretending to know at this point because yeah. I, I feel like reality has just been so twisted at this point. That That's true. Yeah. I mean, like, do facts even matter anymore? Well, I don't know. I I really don't see Biden going through to even run for the presidency at this point. Yeah, I think he'll run. I don't know. I think he'll run. I think he might win. <laughs> I don't think he's going to win. I don't know. Because people aren't. 
there's no push for him. Yeah. I don't know. See, I mean, this your is- your attitude, that's probably the majority of people that would have voted for someone I, I don't, other than yeah, Trump. Yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, I, I just don't know how much it really matters to people at this point who the president is. I think people are pretty hopeless. <laughs> I think a lot of people, I mean, of course, I'm, pay- I'm paying attention to the people online that I see just gung-ho on Biden because he's not Trump. Yeah. And I don't know that that's the reality of what's going on oh, in yeah. people's heads. Yeah. Twitter or, is not reality. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. All right. Uh, that's it for the news. That's it for the news. What else we got? Want to do some friend questions? Sure. What do we got? Uh, well, I had one guy ask me when he was getting his uh his his Corona bucks check. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the um, woodchuck guy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to even read that. <laughs> uh, I I don't know, man. Why do we always get that woodchuck question? I know it's like so played out at this point. Everybody thinks they're being so fucking cute, <laughs> asking about the goddamn woodchuck. And you know what? Like we've been getting that bit since fucking like show number thirty. So yeah, it's tired. You're not the first one to do it. You're not even like third one to do it. So that question's from uh, Jeff Benzos. Okay. Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's saying, uh, you know, he asked the wood woodchuck question, which is cute and all, but uh, he's basically asking. Where's my goddamn stimulus money? It's we're, coming, bro. It's coming. We're not the government. We're we're pretty far from being the government. <laughs> we're would you say we're anti-government? I would I would say I think the government thinks we're anti-government. Uh yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, w- I would say judging by, you know, a number of things. Judging uh, by the florist truck parked down the uh, road. <laughs> Flowers the, by uh, Irene. <laughs> the 12 antennas on it. Yeah. And a radar, mini radar dish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the government thinks we're anti-government. Yeah. And we're not. The government's people, but there's a pyramid to the government, you know? Yeah. A pyramid with an all-seeing eye on Possibly top. a secret pyramid behind that. Yep. Um, That's where the aliens are at. Yeah. Can you imagine the refrigeration cost over, uh, what was it, 1940... Roswell, 47? Yeah, Roswell, 47. The refrigeration costs oh, alone. to keep something in, in the freezer for 80 years. They probably had, like, icebox trucks just <laughs> in and out of that place constantly. Oh, man. <laughs> Somebody needs to update their logistics program. Yeah. Uh, friend of the show, Dieter Thomason, asks, What makes the first Predator movie so great, and what was the first time you saw it? And uh, where were you at? Oh, the man. first Predator I saw... I think it was on HBO or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think I was too I was I was too young to see a rated R movie at the theater. Nobody was yeah going to take me to see that. Yeah, but uh, that was like before superhero movies. Mm-hmm. You had action heroes, and those action heroes looked like superheroes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger and, looked like freaking Colossus. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, it was just insane. Yeah, and it, it was made even more insane. Because they airbrushed their bodies. Right. They literally gave them abs and, like, airbrushed their arms and shit. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. And, you know, women have body dysmorphia because of Barbie. Right. I swear to God, like, still to this day, I want to look like a fucking action hero. <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to happen? No. Does it make me cry inside? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was just... 
it was just larger than life there's a part of me that will never have fight club abs nope never (laughs) uh never say never i mean i might do a poop uh suppository from a skinny person (laughs) (laughs) just lose all my body fat in a week wow that's the technology man is it now you gotta invade your your unhealthy bacteria with healthy bacteria so basically i just gotta buy some meth head turds exactly and reabsorb them (laughs) that's correct all right uh yeah the first time first time not fda approved (laughs) first time i ever saw predator was the way that i think you should see predator it was with my dad yeah on vhs all right like it was was like you know when home video kind of first came into my home anyway uh yeah like they they really just don't make movies like that anymore Mm -hmm. you know i think they tried with the expendables you know they they tried to kind of bring the vibe back but it just didn't really work out they all had hair plugs and yeah (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Dyed beards. I mean, pro- probably the closest thing you would get now is what a Fast and Furious movie, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, those, even, even those... the Marvel movies are not, you know, they're not super masculine. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I, I kind of miss that in a way, like having just like that level of like just masculinity, like in an action movie. Yeah. You just don't see it anymore. And like, it wasn't really like negative or toxic. It was just kind of like competing bros. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think that movies could use that again. Yeah. And, you know, I learned in, in English class in high school, there's there's different archetypes of stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, man versus nature, man versus man. Yeah. Uh, this was man versus fucking the uber alien. Yeah. You know, like they had to find someone that was basically superhuman to play that that character of right. the predator he was like seven foot tall mm-hmm. just you know muscles from hell like yeah he could he could do things that that were portrayed on film to be more than human right you know uh and he did it like in a hundred pound rubber suit in the jungle too yes thank you van damme for being such a pussy yeah <laughs> because he was the, the first guy to play that and yeah. he he couldn't get through the shooting schedule without passing out from the heat yeah which you know it is what it is uh the guy's only human yeah. <laughs> and uh so they had to shut down production they took a break and decided that the whole costume needed a rework and they found this guy uh to play the predator and it was just amazing right that costume that they came up with on the second round was incredible it's and so it's, much better than the original one and it still lasts like yeah. it's still uh something very unique and you know yeah even though they try to to upgrade it for these new movies and stuff really never needed to be touched mm-hmm. and it kind of turned into a cartoon character instead of being scary or right. intimidating or mysterious yeah. actually it's really funny uh i was on instagram today and uh you know the the visual effects artist uh, kevin yeager mm-hmm. like he was talking about predator like he, he like posted a picture of like one of the original masks like i guess like a Stan Winston gave it to him to like restore it or something oh, at wow. some point. And he he ended up with the original suit, the one that like didn't work. And oh, like wow. he like when he kept it in a studio for a long time or whatever, but he eventually just threw it away cuz it, it just degraded so bad and it like wasn't really worth keeping up and it was kind of a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So he just threw it out. It's gone. Wow. I hope he took pictures. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a shit? He didn't post them. <laughs> so it doesn't count. Yeah, uh, the only shots I've seen of that were in black and white, too. Yeah, there's there's nothing in color, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's the original footage, but you don't see that anywhere. Anyway, yeah, it fascinated me as a kid. That was my favorite alien 
Yeah, Predator was rad. And uh I god, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is this is not this is not going to go well. But uh did you ever see the alien from Suburban Commando? I don't remember Suburban Commando. Oh man. <laughs> go go rent it when you get home tonight. Okay. Uh starring uh Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I, I remember a, something about a jet-powered skateboard or something. Is that uh not that i can remember okay that might be something else that was uh masters of the universe maybe (laughs) um yeah i don't know i I think since predator came out and alien you know there are creature costumes Mm -hmm. that push the boundaries of knowing that someone is in a suit and you know it being a challenge to suspend your disbelief you know Uh, and the predator certainly does that Mm mm-hmm um, I think we answered the question. <laughs> we talked about it for 10 minutes. Shit. Uh, talk about Predator all day. You ready for some, uh, murder and mayhem? Oh yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, today's murder and mayhem. Like I, I've been wanting to do like a series about that book that I read about Charles Manson and the CIA. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in, you know, MKUltra and all that stuff. And it's it's just, it's too big to kind of do in these little short segments. Maybe I could do like a multiple part series or something. You know, you could talk about this for an hour if you wanted to. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I'll, You're going to need some notes, though. Yeah, I'm going to need a lot of notes. I want to go back and like read it again and kind of like annotate it. And, yeah. But uh, I'd like to read that, too. I might I might order that book. You should. Just so it's, I could keep up with it. It's you. really cool. <laughs> it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I guess just thinking about that stuff. Um. I kind of wanted to talk about Sid, uh, Sidney Gottlieb today. Okay. And he is the godfather of the MK Ultra experiments. Uh. See, it says uh, Sidney Gottlieb was an American chemist and spy master, best known for his involvement in the Central Intelligence Agency's 1950s and 1960s assassination attempts and mind control program known as MK Ultra. Like this guy was like in the core of like all of the spooky stuff that was happening kind of like after world war ii up to like cuban missile crisis and like this is like the dude (laughs) okay okay so uh let's see it says gottlieb uh the son of hungarian jewish jewish immigrants was born in born in the bronx in 1918 uh he attended the city college of new york and arkansas tech university before receiving his undergraduate degree in uh, chemistry magna cum laude from uh university of wisconsin madison in 1940 uh, he subsequently re- received a PhD in chemistry from Cal- the California Institute of Technology. A stutterer since childhood, he earned his master's degree in speech, thera- speech therapy from uh, San Jose University after retiring from the CIA. He had a club foot, which kept him out of World War II, but did not prevent his pursuit of folk dancing, a lifelong passion. Oh, shit. So, yeah, a guy with a stutter. <laughs> Dude, a club can you imagine foot. him tap dancing? How fucking hard one, <laughs> one side would be and like... <laughs> that's probably why he was so angry and started experimenting on people that's true i'm gonna make you hear what i hear yeah so in 1951 age 33 gottlieb joined the central intelligence agency as a poison expert he headed the chemical division of the technical services staff gottlieb became known as the black sorcerer and the dirty trickster mm. uh, he supervised preparations of lethal poisons and drug experiments in mind control uh, in April 1953, uh, Gottlieb became the head of the secret Project MK Ultra, which was activated on the order of the CIA director Alan Dulles. In this capacity, he administered LSD and other hallucinogenic drugs to unwitting uh, su- subjects 
and finance psychiatric research and development of techniques that would crush the human psyche, psyche to the point that they would admit anything. Uh, he sponsored physicians such as uh, Ewan Cameron and uh, Harris Isbell in the controversial psychiatric research, including non-consensual human experiments. Hmm. I mean, uh, I haven't even gotten into that stuff yet. It's, that's like a whole other thing that I'm not into yet. But <laughs> uh, Gottlieb was a liaison to the military subcontractor Lockheed, uh, then working for the CIA on Project Aquatone, which would later be known as the U-2 spy plane. In 1953, he procured a safe house for the Lockheed Aeronautics Services Division with e with an easy and exclusive egress. I don't know exactly what's going to that. But that is weird that he's, like, buying safe houses for Lockheed. <laughs> yeah, um, that is weird. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here that they don't even talk about why he was doing it or what he was doing. Yeah, and that, that's what I was wondering. I was like, why is he working for Lockheed? Because he's fucking CIA. <laughs> I know, but what... He's like got one foot in the private sector, one foot it, in the public. <laughs> my brain has taken a turn like Lockheed is an aeronautics company, mm -hmm. an aerospace company. Yeah. Why of do they need? Of course a... they do other stuff. Yeah. But why do they need a safe house too? That's what's <laughs> weird about it. Mm. Okay. Uh, so in 1955, Project MKUltra had grown so large that, the gov that more government funded was needed. Uh, at this point, Subproject 27, uh, which was basic research of LSD, was merely a funding subproject that combined all the previous subprojects, including those involving LSD, uh, which it says payment to Sandoz Pharmaceuticals. I guess that was who was making the acid for them. Uh, those include, including those in, involving LSD magic and John Mulholland's The Official CIA Manual of Trickery and Deception, subproject 15 of Magic Support, Mulholland Supplement. That use what of the, the word fuck? that use of the word magic, yeah, in the CIA is real weird, dude. Like. I don't really know much about why they're using that term, but that's real interesting, I think. Well, and I've been I've been thinking about this a lot lately, so obviously it's going to be the first thing that pops into my mind. Mm -hmm. But druids? <laughs> yeah? I mean, oh god. We'll talk about that after. <laughs> okay, so yeah, there and he was uh, also involved in the procurement of more LSD. But uh, it continued to continued on to f include almost 150 known and documented subprojects, including a microwave gun and the search for alternatives to LSD, which led to later programs like Pro Project uh, uh, MK Chickwit, which focused mostly in South America. They were just giving LSD mm. to people in South America. <laughs> Might explain some of the UFO sightings. <laughs> well, I don't know. It would. I mean. What drug do they have in South America that makes you... Uh, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, yeah. That's yeah, maybe. Cool. Well, looking at alternatives, I don't know. Yeah. CIA was doing a lot of creepy shit down there in the 70s and 80s. I think they still are. <laughs> yep. Um, in addition to working with subcontractors like Lockheed, the CIA also worked with other branches of government. The Advanced Research Projects Agency, ARPA, which is now known as DARPA, <laughs> uh, and the Department of Defense and Office of Naval Intelligence, though it is unclear what role Gottlieb played in these affairs other than authorizing them. Uh... And that was just the 50s. <laughs> Have you ever heard of, like, the spooky shit that they tried to do to kill Castro in the 60s? No. Like, there were a lot of, like, really, like, silly, like, goofy, like, cartoonish, like, wily e. Coyote-esque plans that they were going to do to try to kill Fidel Castro, like, in the hmm. early 60s and, you know, supposedly prevent the Cuban Missile Crisis and all that. This is the guy that came up with a lot of them. <laughs> hmm. Uh 
In March of 1960, under the Cuban Project, uh, the CIA plan approved by President Eisenhower and under the direction of CIA Directorate for Plans Richard M. Bissell, Gottlieb proposed spraying Fidel Fidel Castro's uh, television studio with LSD and saturating his shoes with thallium to make his his beard fall out. Uh, Gottlieb also hatched uh, schemes to assassinate Castro, including use of a poisoned cigar, a poisoned wetsuit, an exploding conch shell, and a poisonous fountain pen. Uh, Gottlieb also played a role in the CIA's attempt to assassinate Prime Minister Patrice Lumumba of the Congo. He took a vial of poison to the Congo with plans to place it on Lumumba's toothbrush in the summer of 1960. He transported these toxic biological materials to Larry Devlin, the CIA station chief in the Congo, and although Devlin declined the assignment, a military coup soon overthrew Lumumba. Uh, Gottlieb also wanted Iraqi General Abdul Karim Kassam's handkerchief to be containing, contaminated with uh, botulinum. Is, isn't thallium radioactive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were trying to poison him and make his beard fall out so he wouldn't seem as, bo- as virile, and then they could lead a coup against him. That was the plan. What? <laughs> okay, so, no. That's not... That makes no sense. They didn't want his beard to fall out. They wanted to give him fucking radiation poison. Yeah, they wanted him to appear... They, they didn't want to kill him. They wanted him to appear frail so that Before people Before he died. Well... <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. Fucking LSD Wiley Coyote over here, man. This is like crazy. So uh, he finally retires in 1972, saying that he did not believe that his work had been effective. <laughs> not that it was like immoral, not that it was terrible, just that it didn't work. Um, let's see. Uh, visited in retirement by his uh, by the son of his late colleague Frank Olson, he was res- residing in a quote unquote ecologically correct home in Culpeper, Virginia, where he raised goats, ate yogurt, and advocated peace and environmentalism. Uh, he and his wife spent 18 months running a leper colony in India, and he spent his final years caring for uh, caring for the dying at a hospice. He had two sons and two daughters. Uh, on October 7, 1975, Gottlieb uh, testified before the church committee under the alias Joseph Schneider. Jumpin' J. Schneider? Yeah. No. Do you know what the church committee is? Uh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> the church committee is like, in 1975, all these people in Congress were like, what do you mean we have a black budget? <laughs> So they started investigating it, and it didn't go anywhere. But it was at least an attempt to, you know, figure out what was going on. It didn't go anywhere because they didn't want it to go anywhere. Yeah. Can you imagine the cowards in political office actually stumbling on something extremely dark? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're going to run from that. Like Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> like, it's coronavirus. They're yeah. going to run from it. Well, I mean, I'm sure they probably got a phone call from some guy saying he was going to dose him with LSD or an exploding thallium cigar or whatever. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so March uh, March 7th of 1999, Gottlieb died in his home in Washington, Virginia. He was reported to uh, have a history of heart problems, but his wife declined to give the cause of death. Too many hot dogs. Yeah, must be. Sidney Gottlieb, father of MK Ultra. So we need, we should lear- look into the uh, the church thing. Yeah, it's, that's... That's that's like that's a whole other show. It's a tiny string that we can pull on. Oh yeah, that will yield results. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm interested to go into like more of the MK Ultra stuff and be able to do the Manson thing right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think because I mean that's that's just even a tiny thread of all of this. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't even think. But I mean that's like Coental Pro Dude, as well. So it was like it is my dream. Yeah. And I know we talk about stuff, and I'm. You know, if I had a be- better memory, I could put a lot more stuff together. Mm-hmm. And but it just seems like if I had a giant whiteboard in here, yeah. we could just connect the fucking dots. You know, 
Yeah, like, that, that would be, be awesome. Real <laughs> a new pin every week. <laughs> real conspiracy people and actually like put our own shit together. You yeah. know? Uh yeah, that stuff's crazy, man. We'll we'll talk after the show. <laughs> uh what else we got? You wanna do some tinfold tirade? Sure. All right. So, uh, I was actually talking to this to, uh, I was actually talking about this with Ed the Plumber at dinner the other day. Um, shout out to Ed the Plumber. Shout out to Ed and Zulema. Um, we were talking about people, they're, they're very, uh, not religious, they're, they're, they're Christians, you know, Mm. and they're, they're wondering if this whole uh, microchip inside your your body is the mark of the beast, right? And that has been thrown around as an idea for probably fifteen years. Yeah, because that's how long the, you know. What was fifteen years? Uh, two thousand five. Two thousand five. That's not. I mean, we had the technology to do very simple things mm. like what this private company's doing. Right. Which is embedding a chip in your hand to identify your actual body. Right. That it's a it's kind of a biometric without an actual biometric. It's just hardware that's under your skin. Right. To where you hold it up to a device that has a sensor that can identify you through, you know, just like pets have. Right. How long have we been chipping pets? You know, mm. 10 years more? Uh, and this is just a, a step into that direction. For humans, yeah. Um, of course, people, including me, don't think it's a great idea. No, but you know, Google is invading our privacy ten times worse than this. Yeah, uh, but this is a stepping stone that's going to lead to who knows what. Yeah. You know, the thing that cracks me up the most about this story is uh, okay, like this this like local company or whatever they started microchipping their employees or whatever. Forty people went along with it, and they just they gave him a t-shirt that says I got chipped. That just shows what you can get people to do with a piece of merch. Yeah. So, I mean, lonestarbuttons.com, man. Not e- They need to get not the chip even business. merch, man. It's like, <laughs> you know, feed me, clothe me, you know, <laughs> put a shirt on my back. Save me, you know. Please don't take my job away. <laughs> right. Like what? I don't know. So the story is uh, in Rivers Falls, Wisconsin, a local firm uh, made good today on its vow to embed employees with microchips. Uh, sporting a I Got Chipped t-shirt, <laughs> some 40 workers at Three Square Market, a firm that makes cafeteria kiosks aimed at replacing vending machines, got tiny rice-sized microchips embedded in their hands. <sighs> of course this fucking automation company does this to people. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're cattle, man. We're cattle. Uh, give me your money digitally human capital stock yeah uh company officials said it was for convenience a way for them to bypass using company badges and corporate logons to computers now they can just have their hands ready by a reader uh read by a reader similar to using a smartphone or a smartphone to pay for goods the company would like to see payments go cashless as iphone users do with apple pay except in this case consumers use their hand instead of a smartphone to pay this is literally the mark of the beast. Uh, yeah. This yeah. company made the mark of the beast. We want you to get <laughs> We want you to get something. It's an imp- 
Yeah. Yeah. You're you're not good enough. We want you to become a cyborg to interface with our company. You uh, need to work better with our computer. <laughs> yeah. Can you scroll down? No, it's bit? it's like the mouse is like jacked oh, up on me. Uh the chip is not a tracker nor does it have GPS in it. So the boss So they say. Right. <laughs> so the boss can't track your movements. Company officials stay say it's not. Uh still those who worry about Big Brother, yada yada yada. Uh I think it's too late. I think we're already in trouble. And I mean, so a couple episodes ago, might have been three, four episodes ago, we talked about hackers hacked into this, uh, maybe not this company, but some company was using uh, implanted chips to for you to be able to open doors and get into basically track your movements Uh and hackers got in there and just made all these chips not work on stuff like <laughs> like you would hold your hand up to a door and it just wouldn't open yeah and basically just destroyed whatever accomplishment that was supposed to get I mean, you hack the chip start a fire everybody dies it would take nothing <laughs> yeah nobody would be able to get out of exactly. the building that's a that's a great point but yeah i mean what was it uh channel 13 was able to to get no who was it it was a news source. They were able to get uh, tracking information from people's phones and say this many people left their homes uh, during quarantine. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, but phones can be left at home. I, I've started doing that. Like, yeah. you know, I'm just going to leave it and go out or do, you know, whatever business I need to do and just not even take it. Mm. I don't I don't really need it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but if you have a chip... I mean, you're going to be able to be located right. no matter what. Yeah. I mean, sensors are really cheap, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just part of technology. The The more the more these systems are in place, the cheaper it's going to get. Right. Then it's going to be everywhere. Like, like, it's not already good enough that Target or, uh, you know, all these online businesses send you ads the yeah. minute you talk about something, which has been happening to Jess lately. Mm-hmm. Uh now we have to be microchipped to see see those ads pop up on signs right near where we are <laughs> you know it's like uh it's gonna be like blade runner man yeah it's not good i don't think i mean i don't know yeah it, it's just crazy yep and it's scary and it worries me and it's stupid but i'm worried more about the food system right now don't worry your chip will provide your nutrients oh thank you <laughs> yeah uh who who was it? Uh, who was the Unabomber? Uh, Ted Kaczynski. Talked about the system in his manifesto. Yeah, I'm finding that I identify with him more and more every day. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to kill anybody yeah, or bomb want... anybody, yeah. but the whole system thing, yeah. and I mean, it was pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. It was very accurate. Yeah, dude. Ted Kaczynski I think, uh, and Daniel Quinn, man. I think Ted, Ted Kaczynski and David Bowie kind of knew what was coming. <laughs> Even without knowing what was coming, they knew something yeah. was coming. Uh, and with that said, <laughs> go to LoneStarButtons.com for all your custom button needs. Uh, Just imagining Ted Kaczynski and full <laughs> David Bowie and Ziggy Stardust regalia. <laughs> let's let's make that happen. With the big beard. <laughs> let's make that happen. That's the show cover. Uh, right there. Buttons, bottle openers, mirrors, <laughs> and magnets. They are a great way to promote whatever you have to promote. 
Uh, send an email to info at lonestarbuttons.com or you can call the owner, Adam Snippy Jones, at 281-798-1996. Use the coupon code I want to suck on your hairy tits and get some buttons thrown in for free. We're also brought to you by Jessica Dieter, agent of insurance. <laughs> um, in the state of Texas, Jess Dieter can save you some freaking money. Uh, if you need home, auto, flood, renters, whatever. Death Ray, MK Ultra. Yes. Uh, just give Jess a call at 281-607-5263. She will shop for the best coverage at the best price. And you will leave very happy and satisfied. And you will tell all your friends that Jess saved you a buttload of money. A buttload? A boatload. <laughs> a buttload of boatloads uh, of money. And uh, you can retire early and whatever. Take your yacht out every weekend. So you can collect more butts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're also brought to you by Destro's Treasure. Uh, if you need a gift for a loved or hated one, go there. Uh, we have art, jewelry, zines, etc. <laughs> um, go to www.etsy.com slash shop slash Destro's Treasure. That's D-E-S-T-R-O-S Treasure. Uh, Brennan, you got anything else? Nope. We're done, though. All right. Uh, go to revengeoftheworld.com. Thank you to Mockingbird Network. If you want to take part in the show, rotwpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much. We are done and gently go fuck some. Say a word for Ginger Brown